Thank you, as always, for listening to Caleb vs. Self. On this episode, I get to speak with Chris from Good Roads, a YouTube channel dedicated to board sports and more specifically board building for those sports. We get a little nostalgic talking about some 80s skateboards and Tony Hawk Pro Skater. We talk about his goal with the Good Roads channel and how 3D printing has impacted board sports and building of those boards specifically. Check him out on YouTube as well as Instagram. Uh, Good Roads is the name of the channel. If you want to check out specifically doing board builds, his channel is fantastic to go to. And last but not least, he has a Patreon. So if you want to see more of those awesome board builds, please go and check it out. Links are all in the description below, and hopefully you enjoy this conversation. I know that I do. All right, man. I appreciate you coming on. This is Chris uh, from from Good Roads, the board maker, uh, the board sports guy, the DIY board. I mean, I don't know. How would you ultimately like describe what it is that you do? Um, I try to DIY as many board sport pieces of board sport equipment uh components etc as possible i think um the community the board building community would call themselves builders or makers or uh sometimes you borrow the term shapers from surfing that's what people who make surfboards are called sometimes people in other board sports will call themselves that but um sometimes people are like no that's that's a surf thing we can't really step on toes there but i think it's applicable yeah i mean a good part of it is being by that sand belt and using hand saws and small saws to, you know, get your molds right and do all that. So I, I definitely see how it could be kind of um, crossover, if you will. But for you, yeah. where does getting into board sports start for you? I know your favorite is mountain boarding. Um, oh, wow. You did your research. Yes, it is. <laughs> but how, how um, does one for you, like your story, how did you get into that? Well, I mean, right before we started chatting, we were talking about how people of a certain age uh, skating and board sports was such a thing because of the X games and because of Tony Hawk's pro skater. And, um, I don't remember when I started thinking snowboarding was cool, but somewhere along the way I did. And, uh, we played a bunch of games at 1080, um, the N64. And then, um, I went to sleep when I was in like middle school, I went to, to sleep over at my best friend's house and the video game rental store. And I'm dating myself. Uh, <laughs> they, they didn't have 1080, so we're like, well, we could get this like Olympics game that has a little snowboarding or this Tony Hawk thing, which is skateboarding, and I don't know about that. So we got Tony Hawk, and we stayed up all night playing it. And um, the next morning, we went out into his garage and grabbed some of his, I think, older brothers, like 80s, uh, like Pal Peralta decks, big boaty things, and kicked around and uh, was hooked, completely hooked after that. I just remember getting uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater was on a demo disc you could get from, from Toys R Us on yeah. PS1. That was, yeah. you could only get the first level, but me and my brother played the ever-living crap out of that level. I remember playing that for, what was the bike one? Dave Mira BMX. Dave Mira, yeah. I remember playing the first two levels of that over and over and over again on some demo disc. There's oh, Those games are so much fun. They are. And I feel like culturally, like for people of our kind of little niche age generation, if you will, those hit hard. Those hit harder than most people realize, because no matter who you talk to, if you bring up one of those two games, they're like, oh, hell yeah, I remember playing that. Yeah, because it's not just it has the cultural sticking power of like hitting board sports or hitting skateboarding uh, BMX at like peak, you know, extreme 90s advertising. But it also (laughs) like it introduced so many people to so much good music that they hadn't been exposed to before. And the yeah, soundtracks I, for those games still crush. 
Yes, I remember uh, Tony Hawk had Rage Against the Machine. That was the first time I had heard them. Yep. And I remember Dave Mira had uh, a Sublime track on it, and that was the first yep. time I had heard yep. them. <laughs> Tony Hawk had Primus and had Goldfinger, which was like, I think, you know, we were a little bit, if, I'm guessing, but I imagine if you had this similar experience where the games were about the same age, like came a little bit after the Ska Wave. So it was a lot of people's first introduction into that and being like, oh, yeah trumpets trumpets are great (laughs) that's so cool um from there though right obviously you got you've got those old 80 to 80s decks do they even have the Mm -hmm. little uh side rails the plastic side oh my god the the one so i borrowed one from from my friend um and it had it it was a gray deck with like whoever had had it first to like cut little birds and stuff into the grip take group tape and uh it had red and blue wheels and red and blue side rails and the nose and tail stops. And not like the ones that they're making for freestyle now, like big chunky ones that probably yeah. weighed a pound each. Massive. Oh dude, it was so cool. It was so cool. And I, I think I still like riding big Bodie boards and I think it's cause that's where I started. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, it was a cousin that had one of those decks and the bottom was, it was all wood, but it looked like it had like stickers almost all over it as opposed to like yeah. a graphic. Yeah. Um, which man, Talk about a throwback. But anyway, from there, right, what does the journey look like? Are you into freestyle skating, longboarding, mountain board? Like, how do you end up finding all these other board sports? Well, yeah. So um, I did eventually, around the same time, I did, I, uh, I was able to get into snowboarding, which um, skating I really like. I still really like. And I've been at it for years. And I had never really got any good at it, at street skating anyway, or any, you know, trick style skating. I've actually been kind of getting better at it over the last year than I think I ever had before, but kind of a different story. Um, so while I was skating, kicking around town, I was also snowboarding, um, which I, I just love the, the mechanics of it. I still think, I, I think that's my, the, my favorite board sport in terms of the way it feels to do it, like cruising a hill on a snowboard, engaging with your edges, playing, dancing with physics. Um, it's like, it's a blast. Um, I'm I, I'm also not very good at snowboarding. This is going to be a trend. <laughs> I'm not very good at most of the board sports that sure. I do. Um, and I, but I was a kid, and you know, I thought I was freaking Tony Hawk, and I was going to be the next big snowboarder or whatever. So I I had to cross train, and you'd see advertisements every now and then for these things called mountain boards, and I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get a mountain board. It's going to make me so much better at snowboarding. Um, there isn't a whole lot of cross pollination there. Uh, because you don't have edges, and that's such an important part of snowboarding well. Um, but I got one. I, I saved up, and I went halves with my parents on it. Um, and I loved it. And I ended up putting a lot more... I mean, you have more opportunity to do it because you can ride basically three-quarters of the year as long as it's not muddy. Um, and I, I toured Am a little bit. I went to a couple competitions and competed am and you know i'm still pretty intermediate i actually just went to my first event probably in like a good 15 maybe longer years um this past may this thing called coloradico out in uh denver area um and it was sick it was just so good to it's such a small sport it was so good to be together with a bunch of other riders and and get to participate and, and hang it's right. definitely more niche as far as the board sports are concerned. And for those who are listening yeah. who aren't really familiar, imagine a, a, an elongated 
you know, standard skateboard deck with massive trucks where the wheels are higher typically than the deck. Uh, I and correct me if I'm wrong. Some of them might actually be like airfield tires. Some of them might just be fully rubber. Yeah, most of them are. Most of them are pneumatic. There, there was a category for what we called hard wheel mountain boards for a while, uh, but it, it it's just what you'd call an off road skateboard now, and um, it kind of fell out of favor as a competitive category. They're still made. They're fun, but the sport itself, as far as like competition level stuff, almost. I mean, everybody's wearing uh, riding pneumatic tires. Gotcha. And for the the straps, if you will, it's not like snowboard bindings. It's just a single, uh, I don't know, U-shape, upside-down U-shape strap that just goes over your one part of your foot. That's it, typically, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it's really similar to like the ankle strap or heel strap on a snowboard, um, except it would be on the outside of the foot where the ratchet is, is one anchor point, and then the other anchor point is up by your inside inside of your foot on the the toe so it gives you a lot of coverage over the whole top of your foot and the modern ones are you know nicely contoured to be comfortable um i think something that's really important to point out because i have the impression that there's a misconception that mountain boarding is like particularly dangerous as far as board sports goes disagree with that um you can kick out if you if you really need to you can you can just hop out of the bindings takes a little practice to learn how to do um, and honestly, if you're riding more aggressive terrain, it's probably not what you want to do, but, um, you are not, you're not strapped in, um, the way you are in a snowboard, at least in the culture in the United States In other countries, they wear heel straps. And if you do that, you really are strapped in, but that tends to be the higher level riders. That sounds way more outrageous because bailing on a snowboard, at least, at least in my brain, right. For the few times I've snowboarded which haven't gone well, but I, when I'm bailing, I'm at least in the snow. Whereas, yeah, you know, off-road skateboard, mountain board, when I bail, I'm imagining there's the potential for trees, rocks, some pretty hard stuff that you could probably eat it on. Yeah. So, I mean, compared to snowboarding, the falls hurt more. Uh, the mountain boarding culture is a lot better about pr- protective gear than skate culture is. It's really common to like almost every, like, it's really rare to see someone riding without a helmet. Most people wear knee pads and a lot of people do wrist guards and elbow pads on top of that. And that makes a huge difference. The difference between imagine. falling on a rock from, you know, six feet in the air with yeah. nothing on your knees versus knee pads is like, you, you don't really even feel it. Um, they're, and they're the big beefy ones, similar to what you'd see in like vert skating. Um, so yeah, I mean, a fall on a snowboard is going to hurt less. Um, but I, I personally, I think even if you're, like riding flat on a skateboard and like you land wrong, the board uh, zips out from under your feet and you fall onto concrete. I think that hurts more than falling from six feet in the air into dirt. And I've done both. <laughs> and I've, I've done the second one a lot. Actually, I've done sure. the first one a lot too, but yeah. Well, going into the actual boards themselves, obviously your YouTube channel is mainly focused uh, granted, there's a few other thing, pretty cool things scattered in there as far as a little more like maker type stuff, like the, like the 3D printed koozie and the, the fingerboard thing that you just did what yesterday yeah. two days ago yeah. you just put that up. Um, as far as boards though themselves, how did you get into saying, hey, let me see what it takes to build an actual deck on my own? I have no idea. I've been okay. <laughs> trying to figure that out. Like I don't know where it came from. I just have this. I have this base level impulse that when I like something or think it's interesting, I I have to make it. And it's something that I've had to fight a lot or I have to do it. I have to get involved, right? It's not it's not enough to like something. 
I have to try it. And for a while, it meant I had way too many hobbies. Um, and I wasn't good at any of them, which is fine. Um, that's why they're hobbies. That's why they're hobbies. <laughs> but it's, it's also like, I definitely got to the point where I'm like, man, do I need another expensive, time consuming, messy hobby? I think it was, it was like flint napping or something. I'm like, dude, I don't need to learn how to do that. It's just let it be cool. Just let it be cool. Don't right. you got other stuff going on. Um, I started, I'm that my first, not the, the Palo Peralto board that I borrowed from my friend, but the first good skateboard I got, I got a Walmart board that I broke and then I got a Tony Hawk set up or a birdhouse set up, um, with Spitfires and I think hyperlights for the trucks. Um, and when it had gotten worn out, I, I started messing with it right away. I put, you know, an extra set of trucks on it, an extra set of wheels on it. So it had, uh, eight and the nose and tail both had trucks on it. So you could get up into a manual, but still turn. It was really easy to balance the manual. It was just something to mess with. Um, and then I got into board building proper in college. I, I, um, spent a ton of time in the wood shop. And I went to school in Philly. I had my mountain board with me and there wasn't a whole lot of space to mount board. And I had a lot of friends who were getting into longboarding and it was in college. So I was broke, but I had access to wood. Um, so I started trying to make boards. I started with a style of deck called VLAM, which is vertically laminated where you take strips of wood and glue them side by side long ways. Um, and you can make some really beautiful, like cruiser old school style looking decks that way. Um, I think I made three of those before I started pressing and I did the first deck I pressed, I, I used plywood that I got from a hobby shop and yeah, from there, it's been an exploration of different techniques. I, I did a, a, a company for a little while called low tide rides where I did custom builds for people, um, mainly working with like bamboo and kind of specialty hardwood veneers as cross grains. And as far as I know, some of those decks are still floating around. That's pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. To have some of your builds still still out there, given especially like the way people can really use and abuse decks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, on the one hand, they were all longboards and they were longboards that kind of tended towards the cruiser, you know, style of riding. Sure. But it's also it's been it's been a couple of years. So, you know, the people who have them I guess liked them enough to take care of them, which makes me happy because they were, you know, they were part two in addition to being boards. Right. What, at what point did you just say, Hey, let me start filming this stuff. Cause it looks like about two years ago, but that doesn't mean you weren't filming stuff before then. So when I got started, there was this website, it was a longboarding community called silverfish longboarding. And it was, like the hub for the sport or sports because there's a ton of different designations and they had a super rich vibrant board building sub forum sub you know and that's where i learned almost everything i knew about board building um and it went away and it bums me out that it's gone it was such a good resource you can still kind of dig into it with the wayback machine but um a big part of wanting to document my builds was well, I was doing them anyway. Right. And I wanted to do more of them. And I was toying with the idea of wanting to start a company, which I'm still, that is still the goal to try to grow to the point where, 
I'm doing that in addition to the YouTube stuff. Um, but I also wanted to pay it forward. Like so, so there was no centralized resource for all of these different building techniques. And the first couple projects that I did, the first project I did was an experiment that I wanted to do for myself, a zero degree faceplate, which those videos aren't very good. So watch with a grain of salt, I guess. <laughs> right, right. Um, but all the other, the stuff that I started, when I started documenting board building, like not just, hey, this is, you know, I'm adding fiberglass to this deck or I'm experimenting with 3D printed molds, like the, the video series I have on how to make a deck out of Baltic birch, the videos that I do on um, styrofoam molds, like those are techniques I picked up a long time ago. And I just, I just want to be a resource. I want, I want to get that information out there so that people like me, when I was younger and still to this day, when I'm trying to like learn how to make a snowboard, which I've never done before until last year, um, I want to just have a centralized place where people could digest that information. Um, that's also the reason behind a lot of why I'm doing like the non board components, the non deck components, the wheels and the trucks. Cause, um, because I went looking for those videos, you know, 15 years ago and they, they didn't, they didn't exist and they still didn't exist. So I make them so that other people can get that information and see how those parts are made and try making them for themselves. And those videos really, it looks like take you out of your element between the, the trucks, which you're getting into a whole other space of, of having to work with metals and melting it down and getting the aluminum blocks and making the molds. And I can only imagine how much of a pain in the butt tamping down sand was for just to get everything perfect but yeah that that was surprising that was it was a surprisingly um physically demanding uh project like it was mentally demanding because of all the designing all the mold geometry like you said which is it's really fun like like i said before like i collect hobbies like these <laughs> getting getting to learn to cast metal is sick getting to learn to cast urethane is like i, I love this stuff it's so much fun to be able to pick up crafts and and I don't know, diversify the things that I can make myself. It's, it makes me all like giddy. Um, but I thought for sure that the hard part of that project was going to be designing the mold geometry. And I was only like halfway there actually doing it was just as hard. Yeah. I mean, it looked super labor intensive, but very cool. And like a lot of your builds, when you're going through them, what I like about it specifically is how you point out some of the things that either you had to change, you had to do better or could do better in the future. Like if you were to do it, all over again. And I don't know that you're going to be doing trucks all over again anytime soon, but yeah. Okay. But when you're going through it, you know, whether it's the skim board, whether it's, you know, some of the feedback that you get, whether it's on, uh, on Reddit, I've seen people post some of your comments where people are coming back and, and using and giving you the, the comments of, Hey, I did this a little bit differently. And, and I yeah. built this one with my kids. And that was something that really was really best, cool. Man. Right. Those are the best. The ones the whenever I, and I get them on, I get the Instagram personal messages. I get people hit me up on Facebook and man, they, I love, I love when it's a dad or even I had a granddad be like, the granddad didn't know anything about skateboarding, but he made, he made one for his grandson. I'm like that rocks. That's so cool. That is what an cool. awesome project and gift to do with, you know, the people you love. Does that feel like your end goal as being a resource is working when you see stuff like that come through? Yeah. Yeah, for where I am now, like for the place I'd like Good Roads as sorry, excuse me, for the place I'd like Good Roads as a company to go in the future, as far as not just making content but also producing boards 
and and you know eventually like any other board sport company it'd be sick to have like a team of riders and all that but it's pretty aspirational for right now but for where i am right now for what i'm doing right now when it happens the best part of my day is when i get a message with a board that someone has built using the information i put out there and they show it to me and that makes me so happy and it doesn't matter if i mean it, it like if someone makes an awesome board i get excited because i love seeing people make good stuff and like and, but even people who like even when the boards aren't that great it still makes me so happy because you got to start somewhere you know and it, you're, you're gonna have more in my opinion sure. you're gonna have more fun on that crappy board that you built yourself than you're gonna have um one that you bought in the store that's that's nicer do you feel like that's generally true for anything that you build and or make um no okay um because i cannot well i don't know hmm that's a challenging question blood sweat and tears put into something even though it might have sucked or it might not have you know ultimately been what you wanted you remember the moment that I don't know, your saw blade went dull and chipped up the board or when you, you know what I mean? Like there's, there's gotta be those moments and you look at a deck that to somebody else might be like, this is a garbage deck. And, and you're looking at it like, man, I remember when I made this mistake and that mistake and et cetera, et cetera. Like there's more nostalgia attached to something that you've made. Yeah, certainly. Um, I think the, the reason I kind of hesitated there is I guess like I've made, a, I've made a lot of stuff that aren't boards. Um, and I think there is kind of like a, a, a level to which like it has to, it has to function at least to a certain degree before you can enjoy it where it's, where it stops being just like, um, the, the place that I went is instruments. I've built a very small number of instruments and there's a joke in the mandolin building world. It's like, that's not a mandolin. That's a mandolin shaped object. Right. <laughs> okay. It's like you have to be able to play it using that example again. Like if you can play the instrument, you've made it yourself, even if it's not perfect, even if the action's a little wonky or the sound's a little odd, then like, yes, you get so excited, but you have to be able to play it. Otherwise it's, it's kind of just a bummer and a learning experience, which is still super valuable. Um, but I think, I think boards are easy enough to make where if you, if you succeed in making it, like if your layup goes well and the glue cures properly and you don't have DLAM and there's not like structural issues with the board, you'll be able to ride it. So you, you kind of like, if you succeed enough in the build to get above that floor of enjoyment, um, it's really easy to, to make a board that's, that's functional. And if you've done that, you'll have a lot of fun on it for all the reasons that you're, that you mentioned. I guess from my perspective, if I were to do it and I would use your channel, the likelihood of failure is minimized to such a great degree if I'm following your videos step by step, right? Most likely, it'll be a functional board. Yeah. Because of I, the guide that you've put together. Yeah, I've, I've failed a lot. And I'm trying to show people how to not fail. Um, <laughs> or at least try to show people how to do, how to build boards in ways that are less prone to failure. And that, it, like, there's very much two tracks of content on the channel that I put out. One is here's how you can make, right? Here's how you can make a longboard. Here's how you can make a skimboard. Here's how you can make um snowboard. Here's how you not that one. That's the other track. The other track is I'm learning how to make this. Okay. Right? So I a lot of people got a lot of good information out of my snowboard build, but I still have no idea what I'm doing in that world. Like that board lasted I got five days on the hill 
before the base sheet came off and it was awesome. And I'm like five is plenty. I'd like to have more, but you know, I'll have to build another one at some point. But like, I, I do not, I haven't made enough mistakes. I don't have enough experience building snowboards and composites in general to do that. Here's not idiot proof is kind of like a, I don't want to be mean about it, but like, sure. Here's here's a, a foolproof or failure proof way of of getting something usable if you want to get started with it, right? My powder surfer videos are good for that if you want to do something for snow, because it's the same Baltic birch technique that gets used in a lot of the other easy builds. Mm-hmm. The snowboard, the snowboard was maybe the hardest thing I've ever built. It's it's that or, or one of the instruments I built. Like one of those two things. It's and they were hard for different reasons, but like I have I have like such an immense respect for snowboards snowboard manufacturers because to some degree they're all handmade, and I do not understand how they can get the prices so low <laughs> because it's it's nuts. Like even the materials are expensive, so it's pretty wild. Have you ever thought about like reaching out to a snowboard builder and just having a conversation, a cup of coffee, and just kind of being able to pick somebody's mind or not even exclusively to snowboards, any other board type as well. Have you ever gotten a chance to do that? Is that something you would want to do? Yeah. And yeah, um, I've had, I mean, there's, there are a bunch of board building communities. They're, they're kind of disseminated across the internet. Um, the snowboard building ones really strong and super supportive. There's a, there's a great snowboard building Facebook group. There's a handful of skateboard building Facebook groups um people will reach out over twitter and social media i've had a lot of conversations with other people who are building boards but also building just action sports stuff of of different types um i recently got to tour carver and stone which is a skateboard manufacturer a, a factory in north carolina and that was rad that was like because most of the people i'm talking to at this point are either small builders like myself or uh, a little bit more experienced, like doing small volume, one person job, um, and getting to see boards made in quantity was wild, man. It was like walking into Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. <laughs> the doors doors opened up and it was just like, oh my God, this is so sick. <laughs> and I got to hang with them and, and talk shop with uh, with them for a while. So that was, that was really cool. And, was there any little piece of information you felt like you gleaned or was it just an overwhelming like? Oh, oh there was God. a ton. There was, well, it was pretty cool because like in a lot of ways, it's the same process that, that all the hobbyists do. It's just better optimized. Um, the people do a lot more of it, so they're better at it and faster at it. Um, I have a, I'm going to do a video on the whole thing. Um, they have a cool, uh, service where they do custom boards and I had a board made and we'll do through a whole process in that. But the, um, the big piece of, uh, the big thing that I took away, which was awesome was that they have 10 presses. Um, and I talked to the guy who owns the company. I said it was okay for me to share this information. Um, they're all wood frame. They are not metal, which is crazy to me because I've been trying to source C-beam for a long time, and it turns out I don't need to. And I think that's really amazing um, amazing nugget of information for anybody who's out there doing DIY stuff too because it, it really lowers the barrier to entry as far as manufacturing a press goes. That's pretty remarkable. I mean, yeah. given that you have such a, you know, a large company doing things in, in a way that, I don't know, I guess that wouldn't be my thought as is, is to how they did it. 
Yeah, I didn't expect it either. They're, they're using a slightly different um, mechanic in their press to apply the pressure. And I think it is because of that, a slightly lower pressure press, but there's a lot of debate in the industry about whether you want to go, you know, to pneumatic or hydraulic cylinders, full bore and really crush all the wood down. Or if you want to leave the fibers intact, that's all a little bit too technical for my level of knowledge, but um, it seems to be working for them because they're doing gangbusters work. They were so busy. Right. Um, and they make good decks. So That's pretty cool. Well, let me keep going down in this maker space a little bit and talk about, sure. it seems to be there's a significant impact just in your builds, but I imagine for most DIYers and hobbyists with 3D printing, whether you're making actual molds instead of having to use styrofoam, um, using it to be able to... Uh, I'm, I'm going to butcher this, but it's the mold for the wheel so that you can start creating yeah. your own wheels. How yeah, much of an That's impact right. has 3D printing had, not just in your space, but just in the makerspace as a whole, I guess? Um, well, I think in the makerspace as a whole, it's been uh, world-changing. Um, I th- I- I'm one of the people who gets 3D printers because they're tools. Um, a lot of people get them as a hobby and like making little stuff and that never really appealed to me. I, I'm not foo-fooing it or anything. Um, I actually hate working on my printers. It, there's few things that make me matter than having to tinker with a 3d printer, but I have to do it because it's so much of what I'm doing with my business. Um, for me, it's, I don't even know how to begin describing how much of a game changer it was. So for example, the, the wheel molds, mm-hmm. there's a component in that, which is the bearing seat, which is the part of the wheel that the bearing has to sit. And it has to be really precise for it to be anything resembling like a legitimate wheel. The first set of wheels I made, I made using FDM molds, which are printed filament laid down line by line. Um, and printers have resolution. So an FDM mold has a, has a, Lower resolution, which means a lot of post-processing. You have to do a lot of sanding. Mm-hmm. Um, and the cores of those wheels were 3D printed, which meant I got accurate bearing seats-ish. And they were also made out of a material that kind of wore down over time. It was uh, PETG, if anyone's interested in 3D printing. Um, it's not the it's It's just not the level of precision that you would see in a professionally made product. It's not like the other alternative before 3D printing would have been machined aluminum or steel, which is what all the professionally made wheels are made out of. Um, I got a resin printer and the level of accuracy in resin printers is like a power of 10 higher. And that allowed me to get perfect bearing seats. And I've only made the one set of wheels using those molds for now. Um, But I, I want to go back to it and make a bunch of them. And like, I'll be making molds or sorry, I'll be making wheels at like comparable to factory made wheels. As far as, you know, specs go of the shape, like I got to find a good urethane still, but, um, so that, that's like huge. Like the whole, you know, nobody has made wheels at home or nobody's made wheels at home and documented it or put it on YouTube. It actually turns out that a, a handful of people in the electric skate world, did do that um but i hadn't really explored that world so shout out to them for doing it first um 
same thing with the trucks. It's just, it's, it's precision at a price that a hobbyist can afford, right? It's, it's even the skateboard molds, right? Which you can do the foam molds. They work pretty dang well, and you can get them fairly accurate and you can make wood molds um, and you can get them really precise, but it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work and finicky sanding and mating of the two sides and everything. Or you can have them machined. Or you can cast them out of concrete using a blank. But you don't get control over your shape if you do it that way. Right. Um, you're just making a copy of that board if you do it that yeah, way, right? Yeah, which, which is fine. But if you're, if you're trying to make your own shapes, which is what I want to do, um, having control over something like that, if you want to get it to a place where it's in a computer, which means you can iterate, you can go in and tweak things if you need to. You'd have to get it machined, and you'd either have to have the mill, or you'd have to um, you'd have to farm it out. And there are a couple services that will do that for you, which is pretty cool. Um, but three D printing, it's it takes a couple days, but it's relatively cheap. Like the the um, one of the most well known and least expensive printers on the market. The Ender 3 has a build volume with the X and Y are 8.6 inches, which is just wide enough to make yourself a standard skateboard mold. Um, I don't know, dude. It's I, I'm getting like caught up trying to answer that question because the answer is too big. It's like, how big is right. it? It's, freak, it's freaking huge. That's it's huge. <laughs> That's, that's probably not the greatest question, but I definitely no, 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 no. It's just it's a great question. It's just like, man, how do I answer this? It's right. okay. Well, yes, it's I a mean, big deal. It's a very it's big deal. Super, <laughs> yeah, it's super impactful. Um, as well as uh, oh man, now I'm gonna have a brain fart. The the uh, spacer that you use in order to get your your whole oh the mountain board wedges. Oh the no the drilling yeah. guide. Yeah, yeah, yes, the drilling that's... guide. What did, what's the one on uh, Good Roads? I'm drawing a blank in my brain it's called the scarab the scarab yes is yeah. that did, did that birth itself from being able to 3d print as well yeah and so did actually all the tools that i have available started that way there were there were tools and processes that i wanted to be able to do so i'd to design a tool for myself i print it if it worked well i would try to improve it and or make it pretty and then i'd 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 either I'd either say, "Hey, I'm going to make these available for other people to buy," or um, people would be like, "Yo, where can I buy those?" <laughs> which is right. which is always really encouraging. Um, but yeah, the drilling guide was that the drilling guide like, and it was interesting too because I I put out a lot of um, my designs open source. I would like to get to a place where I've got all the major components of the board that you can make by yourself. I have an open source version available, so I've got. I've got wheel, I've got actually two different wheel kits. Um, I've got a kit for casting your own bushings. Uh, I've got a kind of standard skate deck mold. And when the trucks are done, when I feel like I'm getting regular usable casts, the design for the trucks will be open source. The casting um, accoutrement that go with it, I think I'm going to charge for because it's so much work. Right, but, um, I can imagine. Is for good yeah. roads the the long term goal here? Is it to have like, all right, here's a, pretty much everything open source. So if you want to do it from scratch, here you go. Then yeah. there is the second layer, which is, you know, like somebody like me. Look, I don't have the three D printer. I don't have all this stuff. Can I just buy the a kit, if you will, from you? 
so that then I can create my own board and then put everything together. And then last but not least, it would be like an A to Z. Here's everything you need to make a standard longboard deck. Like, is that where you're looking to eventually go? Um, I'm not so sure about the third one. Okay. Uh, there are a lot of companies out there that, well, there's one major company out there that does that very well, which is Roar Rocket, who I've partnered with, got a design coming out with them. Actually, don't know because they keep getting stuck with lockdown because you're in Canada. Oh, gotcha. Um, but eventually, I'll have a, a, a board design coming out with them. Um, the The second thing is absolutely something I'd be interested in is like basically, if you don't have a printer, let me print it for you. Right. Um, and then something else I'd like to do is like I, I want to have like a mother recipe out. So the resin printed wheel molds is a really good example of this. Those are out. Uh, open source. It's a 60 millimeter pool wheel. And um, what I'd like to do going forward, and I haven't really floated this idea publicly, but you know, I'd, I'd be curious to hear people's reaction would be and do a video on how to take that open source design, modify it to make whatever style wheel you want. I'm going to use that to make a street wheel. I asked people what kind of street wheel they'd like to see. So I've got some ideas there. Um, and then I can do a bunch of other wheel mold designs and those would be for sale and not open like the files or the printing files or the or the molds themselves would be for sale gotcha. um the idea being that like okay i do want to make this stuff open source so that other people can make their their parts and, and you know get their designs out there but what i really want is for other people to make their own designs and if you're using, if you're just using my stuff, you're not doing that. It's awesome. If I'm getting you building boards and you're using my my molds or whatever to do that, I'm stoked. But like, I want to make my stuff, and I want you to make your stuff. Right, right. Because I don't know. That's that's part of why I want to get so many people building because everybody would, if they had their ideal setup for whatever sport it is that they enjoy, everybody would make something slightly different, and everybody's got different creative directions that they'd go in and it would mean more products in the market, more shops, more might, you know, it's kind of already a flooded market to begin with, but if you're doing something unique, if you're doing something different or doing something exceptionally well, then I'd love to see it. You know? I mean, you say it's flooded, but I, I do feel like interestingly enough, like some of the board sports outside of, you know, skateboarding and longboarding really, aren't great at pulling new people in a whole lot. And I feel like a, yeah. a, a channel like yours, uh, like you said, lowers that uh, point of entry, if you will, to be able to get into the sport, into building, into using all this stuff. And not only that, like one of my favorite videos on your channel is the, the T-Ride free ride, like just oh, showing how like re relaxing it can be. It doesn't have to be such an intense, crazy you know, doing backflips and falling six feet onto dirt or whatever. Like it can just be yeah. an enjoyable hike slash ride and just chill yeah. vibes. Like that's the video really Caleb's talking about is a, is a mountain board edit that I did last fall, which yes. was just, uh, it was really, really enjoyable to put together. Um, and one of my best friends actually did the backing track for that. So DD walkers. Yeah. If you want I was to getting to the shadow. Don't worry. Oh, well <laughs> <laughs> it's just, he's on me. So yeah, I wanted to yeah, put it yeah. out there. And, no, and so, that was a really cool song to put in there too. Like that was very like, like you said, eighties kind of chill vibe. Yeah, it worked and out, and I th I think it fit the editing a part is so so different than editing a YouTube video, um, and it's it's so fun 
and you have to integrate really closely with music mm-hmm. and you know being a musician i enjoy that but also like you have to edit at a much higher caliber if that makes any sense no, i don't know it's more demanding but it's it's fun the transitions um, have to really be on point and you know even yeah. stylistically how you shoot something against what the music actually is can matter so it's definitely right yeah. For for that though, you also mentioned like that was at a point in your life last year where you're just like, I need to take a break. I had a couple of failed designs. I just I need yeah. to clear my head. How yeah. important is that for you as well? Being able to be able to say, Hey, time out. I got a little too much going on. Let me just go explore. I'm very bad at it. And I'm trying to get better at it. The 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 fingerboard obstacle you mentioned earlier on was sort of that, um, over this past week. Like I punted and said, you know what? We're putting the video out on Saturday this week. Don't sweat it for Friday. I, I was so burned out after the, uh, the trucks project that really should have been like two or three videos. And I did it in one and I was just completely spent. Um, some of the circumstances I'm in with the company right now and, and things that I've got in the works, I wasn't able to take a break the way that I really should have, sure. but, um, I'm really trying to get better at that. And last year when I did the T ride, um, it was something I'd wanted to do anyway. It was the right time of year for it. Falls, I think I mentioned it in the video, it's my favorite time of year. It's also my favorite time of year to mountain board because it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and what had happened was I made, I, I spent like probably a month making something like 27 sets of bushings, custom bushings that were like uh, multiple color pours and they were Halloween themed and I was going to do this whole big thing. And it's going to be the first component that I was going to sell on the channel first time I sold anything that you could actually use on a board. And uh, I was testing a different, I was testing a deck that I made and it crumbled. I had some of the, my bushings in it and they fell apart and it was like, just, it was so much work out the window. And it was this thing that I had been really excited about making a phone video for and um, releasing and getting the hype up and getting to do the goofy holiday. And I was going to dress in a, I hadn't figured it out, but I was going to dress in a costume or something. And just having that like not happen. And yeah, I got a lot of really nice comments on that video. I want to, I want to point that out. You said before that, like, I'll showcase the ways that things don't go well or things that I, I know I could do better. I think it's really important to do that. If, if I'm out here saying that I'm trying to show people how, how this goes, then it's really important to show how, how you fail so that people can, first of all, see that failure is part of it because it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also see, you know, the ways in which I feel and hopefully learn from my mistakes. Um, so that video was for that freestyle deck and it delaminated, which sucked because it's the prettiest deck I've ever made, but it's useless. Right. Um, and I did this whole video about like, oh, the build was great. The art was great. And then, you know, it came apart and I couldn't skate it. And while I was doing that, I saw that I had crumbled the bushings and it was just like, Boom! It's like a hammer hit. I'm like, dude, I gotta, <laughs> I gotta get out of here. Right. But so, it really yeah, showed, so... you know, board sports don't have to be so extreme, and that was such a unique thing. I think in all the stuff that I was trying to read and 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 learn more about, not just you, but you know, board making and in the board sports in general, that feels very far and few between, except for maybe longboarding. And even now, longboarding, yeah. like people are doing some pretty cool tricks, which I would pretty much break my ankles doing 
it's not necessary, right? You can just cruise. You can just go for a hike in the woods and just enjoy the scenery. I think like, so for mountain boarding, we got here because you said that, um, you know, I said it's a saturated market and snowboarding and skateboarding specifically street skating is an especially saturated market. Um, mountain boarding is not, you're completely right. It's actually underserved. Uh, there's only like two or three major manufacturers in the world. Um, uh, and there's a lot of ways in which mountain boarding is just not what it could be. In my opinion, it's, it's, there's this thing I talked I spoke to before of like people thinking that it's more dangerous than an average board sport. It's not, it's, it was heavily advertised in its heyday as being like the more aggressive, hardcore version of snowboarding. There was a Jeep commercial that was just, it was a cool commercial, but it was like intense. There was a print ad that they'd run in snowboard magazines that the copy was, you'll swear at snowboarding until you fall and then you'll just swear. Just like, <laughs> okay, clever, but probably not getting any groms into the sport, you know? No, no. And for, for snowboarding, you like, it's not advertised as as something that you can do to chill. You know, every time you see snowboarding showcased, it is the really extreme stuff, but there's weekend warriors. And I would say that 90% plus of people in the sport are just doing that. They're just going and catching a chair and taking runs. And it's super fun. And you can, uh, I've been last last year. I got really into watching Ryan Napton. I don't know if you've seen any of his stuff. I have not. So he's a he used to be a competitive, I think, pipe snowboarder. Um, but now he's just kind of the best like board on snow snowboarder out there. He does all of these insane carving tricks, where he's it's like flat ground, but it's. He's just a joy to, to watch and seeing him ride kind of opened up the possibility of like, man, you can have fun on a green. As long as you have enough speed to go, you can, you can have fun and you don't even have to push yourself too. It's just nice to get out and, and ride and longboarding is really good for that. And, and commuting being a longboard skateboard cruiser, whatever is good for that. And um, I think you're right. I think there's less of it in, in street skating. I think it's something that, is available in mountain boarding that really hasn't been tapped as like a, Hey, this is a way to maybe get more people into the sport. You don't have to go off a six foot tall jump. It's just ride down the hill. It's okay. (laughs) One of like the earliest videos that I could find on mountain board was Rodney castle demoing a mountain board in 1990. uh, Was it a frame board? Was it steel? Yes. Yes, it was. Yeah. Wow. That's like first or second generation. Tail was behind the set the rear set of wheels so that you could still like ollie in some way you could there was still a bit of a kick tail oh dude i don't remember what those things are called that was not the board i was thinking of but i know what you're talking about and it sounded yeah. like it had like aluminum or steel fenders even on it like it it had yeah. a, a weird noise when you when he it was might you know, using it <laughs> the beginning of mountain boarding was the wild west it was nuts there were three wheel boards for a while there was a thing called a dirt surfer which is a two wheel board that has got like big bike size wheels which i still want if anyone has a dirt wait, surfer wait, they want to send me like bike sized wheels yeah they were like i don't know they, they were like a kid's bike they were like i don't know maybe 18 huge. inches yeah, so you'd you'd stand in between them on this platform, and then the front one was on some kind of 
hinged mechanism where if you leaned, it would turn um, and had a brake, which most mountain boarders don't, which most, most stock mountain boards don't have. You can add a brake to most of them, but, um, and it was not like you couldn't do really freestyle with it or anything, but from what I understand, it was one of the most stable boards at speed. Uh, for the same reason that a bike is stable at speed, because these big gyroscopes at the nose and tail. Um, I never got a chance to try one, so I know they're still they're still around. Like we'll be on the lookout. We'll see if we can find one yeah, for you, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> I'd love that. That would be outrageous. Um, so for the channel, I know you mentioned you know in the future maybe another snowboard and and a few other things. Obviously, long term, you're hoping that that good roads you know, become successful in its own nature as a company. What do you mm-hmm. hope that people end up getting ultimately from uh, the YouTube channel and from good roads? Enjoyment. First of all, like, um, that's something I haven't really figured it out how to tap or whether or not I'm tapping it. Cause I watch a ton of craft videos for stuff that I won't, that I don't do. Or like I said earlier that I have to keep telling myself not to do. Right. Right. <laughs> um, and I just like it. I just like watching people make stuff. I think that's probably true of most, you know, makers out there. Um, so I hope it, at least at that level that I'm making content that people can enjoy. Um, if you want to take it a step above that, if I can get you building gear, sick. Like I am, I am become hype destroyer of expectations. Let's go. <laughs> I, if I can get you making boards, it makes me so happy. God, it makes me so happy. I can't think, even tell you why. Do you think you would ever like go back in time and do like a banana board build or something like that or something silly? Yeah. 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 I think that'd be sick. I really want to do, um, you know, after I've kind of done some of the more standard wheel shapes, I really want to do a, um, a Cadillac throwback do like the, the first urethane skate wheel, do some kind of riff on that. Um, I, this is, I have no idea if this will ever happen. But I think it would be, I, there's a style of woodworking called Sloyd that I did as a hobby for a while. I may pick back up at some point. It's a green woodworking that's all hand tools. Okay. Um, so use an axe or like a, a hand axe, um, a straight knife and a hook knife. And there are a couple other things, a draw knife, stuff like that. Um, it's really nice. You can make really cool houseware with it. And it's a really pleasant thing to do. It's like halfway between whittling and I don't know, uh, turning maybe um but i i think it'd be ridiculous to do like a, a kid in king arthur's court thing and go back and try to make like a medieval skateboard using medieval technology that would be pretty cool <laughs> it's really funny because like i get a comment every now and then that's like oh next thing you know this guy's gonna cut down his own tree and make his own veneer and i'm like yeah don't don't tempt me with a good time <laughs> like, <laughs> i have i have other projects i have to do before i'm allowed to do that <laughs> Well, with the 3D printing, I mean, as far as technology is concerned, maybe maybe you are the one that will make Marty McFly hover. Uh, I've thought about it. <laughs> I've thought about it. You'd need, you'd need eight of the strongest EDFs on the market. <laughs> I've looked into it, and I don't have that kind of money. <laughs> I you have. Well, I appreciate you coming on. I hope that everything goes well. Again, I oh, really you. enjoy the... The the T ride free ride. I think you should do another one of those. You know, like this. This I'd like to, especially showcasing. You know where you go. The other thing that I actually noticed 
one last thing is yeah sure the uh tow ride pole yes i never found it in action it's not done okay all right that's fair yeah yeah the, <laughs> the, like, man, he so... put in a shitload of work fabricating this whole frame the stand getting the yep. drum on like just getting it all done and i was like but where's the video where he where he's using it yeah, it's it's um, it's most of the way there. I have to build a housing for it. So I've done more work that I haven't released on the channel yet. Those videos didn't do very well, which is a bummer. Those videos and the trail building building videos. Excuse me. Um, I love doing that stuff. Obviously, the mountboarding stuff too. It's just like I'll take the hit on the channel to get mountboarding content out there because I want people to see it. But it it doesn't have the built in audience that the skate stuff does, um, and the trail building stuff like the intersection of board sports and mountain biking and trail building is like i get why the videos don't do that great the rope toe will first of all it was the wrong time of year because i was doing it in the spring so if i start getting back into it now i'll catch the beginning of the snow season um and i just i haven't done much trail building this year i've been wrapped up in other projects but now i need to get it done because i need it out of my garage because i need the space so Gotcha. I don't know where that is on deck right now, but I'm getting back to it soon. <laughs> well, just don't forget to remind yourself that not every video has to be great. You know, as long as you're having yeah. fun at the end of the day, like that's singularly the most important. I know you want to get, you know, good roads off and running, but at the same time, right. If you're doing it in such a way that it just becomes unbearable, then it's not going to last very long. So just remind yourself to take a, take a break yeah. right there, bro. Well, well, yeah, like I said before, I, I got to get better at that. But um, I've got so many projects going on that I'm, at this point, now that I'm trying to make it happen full time, um, I am able to pick and choose, right? So n not showcasing the rope toe build didn't mean um, not putting a video out, putting a bad video out. All it meant was I got to work on it. I didn't have to film it, which let me work faster. I didn't have the pressure of like figuring out angles and all that stuff. Um, and I just showcased some other stuff. That was really cool. So it all works out. Nice. Yeah. All right. Well, again, I appreciate the time. Uh, again, Chris McCann on YouTube, Good Roads. Uh, the Good Roads Collective.com is his website. Chris from Good Roads on Instagram. Uh, please check him out. And if you get into building boards, make sure you send him a shot. Make sure you send him a message. Let him know. Thank you so much for having me on, man. This was fun. It was a great conversation. Can't wait till next time.